Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good morning, Birdland. I'm Mark Brown. I've been blogging about the Orioles for more than a decade on CamdenChat.com and waiting for them to win the World Series for my whole life. Thanks for listening today. Let's talk some Orioles. It is July the 24th, 2023. The Orioles are 61 and 38 after beating the Rays 5 to 3 on Sunday, taking three out of four games against the Rays over the weekend series. Let's say it together. First place, baby! Yes, the Orioles are two games up on the Rays. They now will hold the head to head tiebreaker over the Rays as long as the Orioles do not get swept by the Rays in four games in Baltimore in mid-September. The Orioles have gained eight and a half games against the Rays so far in July, and they are now eight and a half games ahead of the closest non-wildcard spot team, which right now is the New York Yankees. And the Orioles are five and a half games ahead of the second wildcard team, the Astros, which is significant because even if the Orioles lose the division, they would still post a uh, wild card three-game series. Best of three, I should say. Of course, it would be much better if the Orioles were able to win the AL East and get a bye through the first round where they wouldn't have to play as the two best division winners in each league are going to get. Um, it's certainly looking like the AL East winner is going to get that. So, yeah. You know, it's almost unbelievable to me that the Orioles were able to pull off the three out of four wins over the series because really over the whole series, you know, Orioles all-star Yenier Cano continued to look shaky in the games in which he appeared. Orioles all-star Austin Hayes has continued kind of a month-long slump. 
Could have been all-star Tyler Wells turned in another clunker on Sunday afternoon. Grayson Rodriguez was unable to put an exclamation point on what would have really been a great start for him. Uh, and, you know, declaring that all of his problems are fixed. New reliever Shintaro Fujinami showed some promise, but also showed why he had an 8.57 ERA with the Oakland Athletics before the Orioles acquired him. So, yeah, I mean, all of those things are true. All of them continue to be things to watch out for going forward. And yet the Orioles are winning anyway. So far, they are winning. Uh, You know, Sunday's win, Tyler Wells, he started off the game with four hitless innings, but then he ended up being bounced from the game uh, with only four and a third innings pitched, during which time he managed to walk four batters, hit two batters, and give up three earned runs because he also gave up. The one hit that he gave up was a two-run home run. So Wells does remain under a one whip for the season since whip does not count the hit by pitches that he racked up today. Wells is giving up that home run did cancel out some early offense that included Gunnar Henderson hitting a 446 foot dinger off of the catwalk in the uh, in Tropicana field. Just a dinger on the catwalk. Yeah, he did his little turn around the bases after hitting the catwalk. It was pretty freaking fun. And even after the game was tied back up by the Rays, the Orioles had Ryan O'Hearn's opposite field hitting the pole home run to put the Orioles back on top. Mike Bauman, of all people, countered some of the hate with two and two-thirds scoreless innings of relief on Sunday. And Felix Bautista, the one all-star we can say good things about for Sunday's game, added another three strikeouts to his tally, although even he made it a little nervous since he did give up two hits and allow the men on base. So, you know, the Orioles, it's just this constant battle between the things that are going right and the things that are not going right. And, you know, the stuff that's going right, as it has been for nearly the entire season, continues to balance out or more than balance out over the things that's not going right. I mean, you take O'Hearn, got the go-ahead home run on Sunday. He's now got an 886 OPS for the season. That leads all Orioles batters with any amount of plate uh, plate appearances. So that's pretty good. Gunnar Henderson is slugging over 600 over his last 15 games. Also pretty good. Adam Frazier, Anthony Santander, hitting pretty well in the month of July so far. And these things are balancing out. Recently called up rookies, Jordan Westberg and Colton Kowser, kind of still finding their footing at the big league level at the plate. We hope that's what it, they're doing anyway, that there is footing to be found. Jorge Mateo still not hitting. Austin Hayes, he's really got a month-long slump. And keep in mind that last year in the second half of the season, Hayes had a 626 OPS after having a great first half. So I hope the same is not about to happen with Hayes again, but we don't want to get too cocky in assuming it's not going to happen. And speaking of things we can't assume will not happen, um, Aaron Hicks is also falling off his earlier pace. He's got a 647 OPS for the month of July. That's all the stuff there is to worry about at the moment with hitters. But honestly, the bulk of my worries continue to be about the pitching staff. Kyle Gibson has posted a over six ERA since the start of June. Dean Kramer is over a five ERA since the start of June and in the high fours for the season, although he has picked up 10 wins, which is another reminder that pitcher wins and losses don't tell you everything or sometimes even anything about a pitcher's quality. 
Tyler Wells, who pitched on Sunday, he's already over last year's innings pitch total, and in his last couple of games has looked like it. I am concerned maybe he is tiring out. I think it would be pretty radical if the Orioles end up trading for a starter in between now and the trade deadline, which is now eight days away from the uh, day this podcast is being published. It would be pretty radical if Wells got bounced into the bullpen to manage his innings, but I don't know. With how he's looked the last couple starts, you got to wonder, okay, is that start of a, uh, the start of a trend? And Kyle Bradish, who is now probably the best Orioles starting pitcher in results so far this year, he's going to hit his innings pitch total from last year in probably four more starts, uh, assuming things go modestly well in those starts and they are not abbreviated outings. So, I mean, you know, there's all these persistent questions about the team, things that continue to cause me angst and make me feel like the team is going to go into a prolonged swoon. And, you know, the Orioles just mostly keep winning through all of these persistent questions. At the moment, they have played 99 games and they are on a 100 win pace for a 162 game schedule. Yeah, I'm still taking the under. You know, I guess one part of it maybe is you can compare the Orioles to the only team in Major League Baseball with a better record than them, which is Atlanta in the National League. And the Atlanta squad leads their league in batting average, on-base percentage, and slugging. So all of the triple slash categories, they have the most home runs of any National League team. They have three batters who have an OPS over 900 for the season. The Baltimore Orioles have zero such batters. The Braves are second in the National League in ERA. They have three starting pitchers who have an ERA plus of 119 or better. The Orioles have one such starting pitcher, Kyle Bradish. They've got four no-doubt star position players, Ronald Acuna Jr., Ozzie Albies, Matt Olson. Sean Murphy, all of those guys are just doing great. They've got Spencer Strider in their starting rotation, who has 189 strikeouts in 116 and two-thirds innings. That was a guy they found in the fourth round out of Clemson in 2020, and they've turned him into a guy who can do that. So, you know, their record overall, they have a 64-34 and 34 record on the season, which is crazy. 30 games above 500 at the end of July and they are only overachieving their Pythagorean expected win-loss record based on their run differential by one win. So they're 63 and 35 Pythagorean expected. The Orioles are exceeding their own Pythagorean win-loss record. After winning on Sunday, the Orioles are plus seven wins of luck against their run differential. And, you know, A lot of that, I think, can be explained by the fact that the Orioles' middle relievers have absolutely refused to allow games to be laughers and blowouts. And some of this is the part of pitchers who are not currently on the roster, including a couple of guys on the injured list, like uh, Keegan Aiken, who allowed, uh, well, he's got a 6.85 ERA for the season. Austin votes 4.94 ERA for the season. Not great either. Those guys between them have accounted for about 54 and uh, two thirds innings. So that's part of it. But I mean, I don't know it. it, it you, I don't like to make excuses and be like, oh, they're guaranteed to continue overachieving. What I can say is that all wins count the same. And the Orioles have a lot of wins in the bank 
right now, specifically 61. And even if they run into a bit of a rough patch, they are able to weather um, a lot and still keep a pretty good postseason standing, even if they don't have a huge cushion for the American League East. And by the way, the Orioles don't have to worry about the Braves and whatever the Braves do until unless both of those teams end up making the World Series this year because the Orioles have already played the Braves. They did lose two out of three games in that series. And again, they won't see them again until the World Series if both teams make it that far. But the Orioles right now next are going to play another National League East team. That is the Philadelphia Phillies. They have a 10-8 and eight record so far in July. They are averaging five runs per game this month. Uh, they are not in that Atlanta category as the Phillies only have one regular batter who is exceeding an 800 OPS. That is Brandon Marsh. However, they do have seven out of nine players in their regular lineup who are above average batters relative to park and league, which is to say over a 100 OPS plus. That's very similar to the Orioles. They're $300 million man, not at all similar to the Orioles. They have Trey Turner. He's got a 692 OPS. That's pretty disappointing. So also is Bryce Harper with only four home runs in 66 games since his honestly freakish return from Tommy John surgery. Now, maybe the four home runs in 66 games is a sign that uh, if he hadn't rushed back, he, he, you know, he could have come back with more power. I don't really know. The other thing about Harper is he's played designated hitter in all but two games uh, this season. And in those two games where he played, he's played first base. And those were both within the last week. They do have a more enviable starting rotation than the Orioles. Uh, They have four starting pitchers who've made at least 13 starts and are above average pitchers by ERA+. We're going to see two of those starting pitchers in this series, Taiwan Walker and Ranger Suarez. We will also see uh, lefty Christopher Sanchez, who has a 3.06 ERA and only seven games started. So um, Sanchez, in addition to Suarez, are left-handed pitchers. And, you know, none, none of these pitchers walk too many guys. They don't get too many strikeouts. They don't give up too many homers. They're just guys who are going and quietly getting decent, if not overwhelmingly good, results. And, you know, if the Orioles had a rotation full of guys like that, I would be, I, I, don't even, I don't even know what I would be doing because the Orioles, if they had such a starting rotation, would probably have an even better record, and I don't know how I would handle that. I, I already am not handling it when they're on a 100-win pace, you know? Um, but they don't have that rotation. The Phillies kind of do, and uh, honestly, with as many solid guys as are on their team, you could probably say the Phillies are underachieving, and I hope they don't start turning that around over the next few days. I will be right back after a message from Fans First Sports Network sponsor. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. So our mailbag today is empty, and I would like to remind you, you can email CamdenCastPod at gmail.com. I will be going on vacation soon, and while I'm away, I'm going to be posting a few episodes. One of them I would like to have is... Uh, a series of your random favorite Orioles game messages. So please send me some your random favorite Oriole game messages. You have until the morning of July the 22nd to email me. Again, that is camdencastpod at gmail.com. And, you know, don't pick 2131. Don't pick the Delman double game, whatever. But I'm sure you've been to an Orioles game in your life. It's totally random and you had a good time. So that's what I would like you to email me. Tell me your random Orioles game you went to, something fun happened, you had a great time. Okay, that is your, I don't want to call it homework, but that is your assignment. Okay, let's talk about a couple of prospects. First, unheralded prospect for today, I'm going to talk about right-handed pitcher Kyle Bernovich, who was acquired by the Orioles, one of the four pitchers acquired in the Dylan Bundy trade. He was an eighth-round pick by the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, etc., in the 2019 draft out of Elon University. And due to the Angels at that time not having their pitchers debut in the um, later in the summer after they were drafted, and then due to the COVID pandemic in 2020, uh, Bernovich actually did not make his pro debut until the 2021 season. So the Orioles had him between Aberdeen and Bowie that year. He threw 95 innings, struck out 123 batters, and he had a strikeout per walk rate of nearly 4.75, which is very, very good. And in terms of that strikeout to walk rate number, he was actually even better than fellow trade acquisition Kyle Bradish from that same trade, although Bernovich was at a level lower than Bradish was, as Bradish, um, who was drafted a year earlier, split the 2021 season between AA and AAA. Bernovich mostly, what separated him is he walked fewer guys than Bradish did in 2021. So the other Kyle made two starts in 2022 with Norfolk and then needed Tommy John surgery. So the result of all of this is that he's going to turn 26 years old in October 
and he's thrown eight innings above the double-A level. So that is not super encouraging to have a guy have some prospect stock, which is, you know, why Brnovich is not on any of the assorted Orioles top 100 lists you're going to find right now. Although, actually, if you look at the very thorough Orioles list on Fangraphs, they had Brnovich as the number 23 prospect before the season. There was not a lot of consensus agreement about that. So, I, you know, th- there was certainly talent in Brnovich where you could see that if he came back from the Tommy John, looking like the guy he was before that, he would have a pretty decent chance of pitching his way into the big league picture. So he's currently on his Tommy John rehab um, assignment. He has made four short starts so far, the highest level of which uh, has come, the two of them have come for the high A Aberdeen Ironbirds. In those two starts there, he struck out 11 batters over seven innings, hasn't walked anybody. So, I mean, that's pretty good. But again, this guy is 25. So that's very old for the level. Uh, he needs to get back to the Norfolk level and then show, you know, show something because he's going to be rule five draft eligible this offseason which is, he, he was last off season as well, but with the rehab farther along, I think he will be maybe more likely to be plucked by a team. So the Orioles are going to have a decision to make with Brnovich. And, you know, if he pitches well as he gets to maybe the buoy part of his rehab or even to actual games that aren't rehab and just he's active on the Norfolk roster, it'll be a no-brainer. You know, the Orioles are, I'm sure we'll find a way to clear room for pitchers if there are pitchers who need to be added to the roster they are not full of players who otherwise need to be added to the roster as right now the only slam dunk position player addition since they've already called up Jordan Westberg I think is Heston Kerstad so it's it's not going to be like the last couple years when they had four or five guys that needed to be added so is Brnovich going to be one of those guys I don't know uh he is at the moment an unheralded guy who I think is worth keeping another eye on um, or keeping an eye on as he is ascending through his rehab starts. And now let's talk about a revisited prospect. This is the number 12 prospect from the preseason composite top Orioles prospect list that I posted to Camden chat. And that is left-handed pitcher Cade Povich, who of course you will recall as at the time was the headliner from the twins in the Jorge Lopez trade about this time last year. Before the 2023 season began, Fangraphs wrote of Povich that he is the Orioles' non-top 100 prospect pitcher, which means everyone other than Grayson Rodriguez and D.L. Hall, who, quote, was, who with, quote, with the best chance to take a leap and become a mid-rotation option on a contender, end quote. So, yeah, how is Povich doing on that project? Well, if you look only at his ERA, that is not super exciting. He's got a 4.87 ERA for the double-A Bowie Bay Sox. If you look at his strikeouts, you can get more excited. He's struck out 118 batters so far in only 81 and a third innings. That is a fantastic strikeout rate. He does, however, also have a high walk rate for considering he's at double-A, 4.1 walks per nine innings. The reason why his ERA is bad is he had a five-plus ERA in each month of May and June. He has allowed a 739 OPS for the season. And if you're wondering, all batters in the Eastern League, his league combined, have a 724 OPS. So, you know, again, not the most exciting that uh, this guy is 
allowing batters to be better than the league average against him. Maybe it's bad luck on batting average on balls in play, or maybe that itself is because the Bowie defense is subpar. I don't really know. What I do know is that Povich is allowing a 343 batting average on balls in play, which is higher than you would expect. So we can kind of go back to what I think of now as one of Mike Elias's um, famous pithy remarks, where he remarks that the Orioles are looking at more than back of the baseball card stats. And, you know, of course they are. They have way more advanced ways of deciding whether a player is progressing or not. And we don't know if Povich is hitting that stuff, if he's not hitting that stuff, um, if he's not at the benchmarks the Orioles want to see from him. We don't really know what more they want to see from him. What I can say is that Povich has not been promoted to AAA Norfolk yet, unlike fellow 22 trade acquisition Chase McDermott, who actually had a worse walk rate than Povich uh, with the Bowie Bay Sox. However, I do think one reason McDermott was promoted and not Povich may be that Povich is almost 18 months younger than Chase McDermott. So I think that probably influenced the decision of who to promote immediately. I think um, I think when there's any question, the Orioles would rather challenge the older player and get more of a sense of what that player is doing at a more advanced level. So yeah, I mean, Povich, although he was the preseason number 12 prospect, I think it's really going to be important for the Orioles to develop these acquisitions, Povich in particular, but you know any of the guys they've gotten in trade that are pitchers. Uh, because, you know, the Orioles were not drafting those guys in the 2019 to 2022 drafts under Michael Elias. So they're going to need to get pitchers from somewhere unless they want to keep relying on seeing whether you can have uh, 60% of your starting rotation be Tyler Wells, Kyle Bradish, and Dean Kramer. And, you know, maybe, maybe you can get away with that. Uh, maybe that's how it will work out. But as I've said, I'm not super optimistic that'll be the case. So hopefully some prospects like Povich can push their way into that picture. Is that happening yet with Povich? Ah, you know, I'm not so sure I want to say that. But I am still not giving up on him, and I hope that maybe by season's end he can show a little bit of progress um, that, he, that is visible on the back of the baseball card stats. So that's all that I have got for today. If you are enjoying this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite platform and leave a rating or review. Tell an Orioles fan in your life about the show as well. New episodes come out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning, so I will see you again on Wednesday where we can talk some more about the first place Orioles because whatever happens, Monday and Tuesday, the Orioles are guaranteed to at least be in first place in the American League East. That's pretty cool. In between now and then, you can leave a comment for me on CamdenChat.com. You'll find me in the comments there as Eat More SK. Good Morning Birdland is a Camden Cast production on the Fans First Sports Network. Until next time, go O's.